Hey gang, Rickley James here. I just wanted to remind you as we begin today's podcast that my new live album and DVD, Basement Psalms Live, is available at rickleyjames.com. You can also get it for a limited time as a digital download at getmopix.com. That's G-E-T-M-O-P-I-X.com. Only $5.99 for the full, uncut, digital concert. You can watch it right on your mobile device from getmopix.com. Make sure to stop by rickleyjames.com for more information on everything pertaining to my ministry, my music, what's going on in my life. Thanks for listening to Voices in My Head podcast, the official podcast of Rick Lee James. Live from Springfield, Ohio, it's Voices in My Head, the official podcast of Rick Lee James. I am Rick Lee James, and you're listening to Voices in My Head. This is the reconstruction, this is the 2.0, this is the introduction, things that we thought we'd know by now. That's the introduction for my guest today, (laughs) Nick Flora, which is also the introduction to his new album, The Reintroduction of Nick Flora. Nick Flora is an independent performing songwriter from Nashville, Tennessee. Nick has been writing, recording, and touring with his music since he was a teenager with a passion for creating interesting, engaging, and enjoyable songs. His latest album, The Reintroduction of Nick Flora, broke the top 40 on iTunes on the day of its release last week. The Reintroduction of Nick Flora has been on this musician's playlist for a couple of months now, and it quickly became one of my favorites with songs both heavy and lighthearted. Listening to the album from start to finish is a rewarding process, well worth the time. It's my pleasure to welcome back to Voices in My Head, Nick Flora. Welcome, sir. Thank you. Wow, what an introduction. It, it, was, I, the, it was the reintroduction. I know. It, it is. This is my second time, so this is literally my reintroduction to the show. <laughs> I think I think if we should send you out on the road uh, to sing these songs, too, since that was a... That was really impressive. <laughs> I, I would love it. I would. Lo- I go out on the road this weekend, so I can just sing it wherever well, I Well, if you want to sing my songs and sell my CD at your shows, too, you're more than welcome to. <laughs> oh, I'd be delighted. That'd be great. So, Well, I, I want to start out today by, uh, by actually doing something uh, that I always do with guests, but we never do it quite like this. I always have a question of the week for the guests. Question of the week. Your question this week is, what TV show would you most like to make an appearance on? And uh, I thought today, I've never done this before, but I thought, hey, I'll send you some screenshots of answers we got last night from Question of the Week, and you can help me read the answers today, and then we'll hear what your answer to Question of the Week is. Okay, yeah. Okay, great. Let me bring up my screenshots myself real fast so I can see them. I should have done that while I was babbling just a minute ago, and I didn't do it, (laughs) but... All right, let's start with the screen. That's uh, The answers start with David Schultz. Are you ready, sir? I'm ready. Okay, I will be David Schultz, and you can be Vaughn Allen uh, Weber. Wait, that, I guess that's only one reading part for you, so how about we just do every other one? Okay. There you go. That'll <laughs> work. All right, so the question of the week is, what TV show would you most like to make an appearance on? David Schultz said, Breaking Bad. That's 
uh, that's a good one. I feel like Breaking Bad is pretty popular. Vaughn Allen Weber said Mad Men, but it would have been Breaking Bad two months ago, which makes me wonder what happened in the in the in the past two months to make it switch. But I, I most, know most I haven't I haven't seen Mad Men beyond like the first season, so I I really should. I just haven't. So. Yeah. Uh, and then David Schultz comes back in and he says, well, I already have an Aztec, so I would fit right in, he says. So. <laughs> already making his way. If he shaves his head and he, and he changes his name to Heisenberg, then he's he's right in. <laughs> That's uh, right. <laughs> uh, let's see, Daniel Coots, I'm assuming. Yep. Uh, said Walking Dead, which – you know, that's an interesting choice because would he be one of the survivors or would he be a zombie? I think it'd be fun to be a zombie on that show, honestly. I, I think uh, he'd just want to photobomb it like I would like to do, just kind of walk through and wave, <laughs> you know, and, Hi, and then just, just never, keep walking with no one ever saying anything about it. It's just, <laughs> just a random that be, guy. That would be fantastic. The, guy, the one guy who doesn't know the zombie apocalypse is happening. <laughs> it's like, hey, there's cameras. Cool. It's, it's, like, it's like he's at Six Flags. He's just walking around. And then Debbie Ray answered with a show almost exactly a copy of The Walking Dead, Andy Griffith. No, well, that's kind that of is. poor taste yeah. since he is dead. Uh, but yeah, that was that was bad. There could not be another a show different from The Walking Dead or Breaking Bad than Andy Griffith. It's so squeaky clean. Where or the I think the biggest uh, the biggest dramatic point on Andy Griffith was just a misunderstanding. Yeah. Like, oh, we just, we must, how do we tell Aunt B that her, her casserole is cold? You know? And, <laughs> and, and not like, oh no, Aunt B's eating Opie, you know? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I you know. But now we have to take out Aunt B because she's, <laughs> because she's infected. Uh, or she got mixed up with meth if you want to go the Breaking Bad route. Uh, ended up, they weren't kerosene pickles. They were some kind of virus. <laughs> that... You know, I would love it if The Walking Dead ended up being the reason, <laughs> the reason was kerosene pickles was okay. the reason that we were in it. I, I just thought of the perfect uh, like Saturday Night Live skit as The Walking Dead. The sheriff in The Walking Dead could be Andy Griffith. Oh, that would be fantastic! <laughs> and every episode, he'd have to sit down with his son, who is Opie, and, <laughs> and explain to him. Wow, <laughs> a Walking Dead Andy Griffith <laughs> mashup would be fantastic. It kind of lines up perfectly. It, it does. It's really good. <laughs> All That's right, well, we, we do have a few more answers. Do you have the other screenshot? Yes. Okay. I, uh, I think I read the last one, so you get Kyle's. Kyle Northrop. Uh, said of all time he'd be in the West Wing, but that's on TV now is the newsroom, and he's just seeing a pattern now. Yeah, I, basically he just wants to be on an Aaron Sorkin show, basically. which is so maybe Sports Night, maybe Studio sixty. We could just round it all out. Maybe ten years from now he can be in the sequel to The Social Network. Exactly. Do that. So, all right, Douglas Mark Dusso, I think is how you say the name. Uh, he says his show would be Firefly. That would be a fun one. Uh, mm -hmm. As far as reality shows, he'd like to be on Comic Book Man. He says, yeah, I'm that guy. And uh, and Current, he says he'd like to be a voice on Transformers Prime. That would be kind of awesome, too. So oh, yeah. He, he put some thought into this. I know. I only put this up last night, and people are – I think people have, like, these deep dreams of being on TV. So. Are you saying that people are fame hungry? That's just the first time hearing of this. I've never, I've, I don't understand it. Facebook I know, I, and Twitter give me no indication of that. <laughs> I know. Uh, Zach Andrews said workaholics, which makes me think, I know a little bit about that show. So either he, uh, they're not workaholics, so they're mostly slackers, I think. So maybe, maybe he just, maybe he, he has a deep seated, uh, a dream to be a slacker and just hang out with slackers <laughs> to just do nothing. That'd be, or maybe he, maybe he's already doing it and he just wants to, you know, fit in somewhere on television. <laughs> I don't know. 
That's right. Well, you know, I'll go ahead and answer, and then I'll let you answer. But I, okay. I do think mine, I kind of already answered it. I think it would be fun just to be like a guy just walking through any set <laughs> randomly. And I think I think it would be fun on, like, um, shows that follow one another on the network. Like, you know, one, one... <laughs> yeah, you're literally walking through. <laughs> That's right. I'm, I'm on NCIS for some reason in the interrogation room, and I just kind of, like, open the door and wave, and then I leave, and then I, you know, the next one comes on, and... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. That that would get me to watch those shows, actually, if someone did that. There was just a random – you never knew when a random guy was going to walk through. <laughs> That's right. Like a, like a bucket hat and cargo shorts and Crocs. And he's just, he's just <laughs> like, oh, hey, guys. <laughs> Fanny pack, probably. That's right. And definitely has to be Andy Griffith-like. So. Right. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> All right. Well, what would you say for your answer to question of the week? What TV show would you most like to make an appearance on? I think I have two answers. I think I would I would love to make an appearance on on Saturday Night Live. I think would be, would be fun. I I would just be one of the extras in the background. Uh, I think it'd be fun to to sit on stage with all the with you know like, with old school like Will Ferrell or something and try not to crack up. I think um, you should be musical guest on that show. Well, I do too, but yeah. <laughs> I think the powers that be don't really know I exist yet. But we'll, we'll, we'll keep trying. But I think I think. I've always wanted to be a kid on the Cosby show that was friends with Rudy or one of them. Like, you know, when they would have the, they would have all the kids in the the living room with, with Cliff and he would tell a story or they would like ride on his knee, like a horse, or they would sing songs. I remember the one episode where the kids sang the Rocky theme song. He sang "Eye of the tiger. <laughs> I always wanted to be that kid. I, I think it'd be so fun to be a little kid and, and be on the Cosby show just as a friend of Rudy or, uh, what was the Olivia was was the other little girl? And, well, and yeah, and then uh, the friend, the one friend I always remember is Bud. You know? Bud, Bud, yeah. And there was the little chubby white kid that was on there. There was, <laughs> there was never spoke. I think his name was Henry or something like that. He would he always, never... he almost always would run out of the room. Yes. His, his, his staple was just running out of the room if he thought he was going to get in trouble. <laughs> I resonate with that kid a little too much. I think. Good choices, man. Good choices. So, well, I said on Twitter last night that our listeners could expect to to understand why I why I have thought many times of calling you Uncle Nick. And, uh, yes. and the reason being, uh, I, I am now father of a six-month-old son, and uh, from the very beginning, from from the day he was born, literally, and I was holding him and trying to, you know, put him to sleep, I had Nick Flora singing Rainbow Connection on my oh. iPod, and uh, so you are one of the first musicians he ever heard in this world. That's amazing. And it turns out that you make an appearance in my house almost every night at bedtime on the iPod or the iPhone uh, because that Rainbow Connection song, it just he loves it and it just calms him down and it, and it puts him to sleep. So it's almost like we get a little visit by Uncle Nick every night to, uh, that, to help him sleep. That makes me so happy. <laughs> that's, so, that's so nice. It, it is my favorite. Uh, it is my absolutely favorite cover of that song. You do a great job. Oh, thank you. Thank you, sir. Thank you. I've actually been told a couple times from people that they they put those either that or there's a couple other cover songs I do. They put them on little mixes for their for their kid as they're going down for a nap or whatever. And I was like, that's just a huge that's a huge compliment. I, yeah. I love. I would gladly corner that market and be the nap guy. <laughs> <laughs> Putting people to sleep since 1980 yeah. or something. There's uh, got to be money in it somewhere. <laughs> 
<laughs> There's got to be. So, well, uh, contrary to what your album says, one of your songs, you are not a hard man to love, and you are not a hard musician to love at all. But I want to get into talking about some of the songs on your new album. Sure. Uh, it's really good. And as I understand, last week when it debuted uh, on iTunes, you got into the top 40. What's that like? How do you even yeah. find that out? That's kind of amazing. Um. I just went to iTunes and just kept refreshing it and looking at the lit. Like, they have a literal listing of the. And New Release Tuesday is a big one. Um, and I'm sure that the margin between me, I got to 30, 37, I think, but I'm pretty sure the margin between me and 36 was probably pretty far. And me, <laughs> me and one was definitely far too. But I just have really. Um, which is amazing because I kickstarted this album. So a lot of my fans already bought it so it, that's what was so surprising to me was so many people i guess um who didn't get a chance to kickstarter or maybe who weren't aware of me when i was doing that at the beginning of the year didn't really they you know they hadn't had a chance to hear it so it was, it was incredibly it, was, it, made, it made my day it was an incredibly uh good day it felt like my birthday a lot awesome <laughs> That's great. For well, sure. I was I was excited for you as I saw you posting about that. I was actually at a camp in West Virginia, just uh -huh. happy to even have any sort of a connection to my iPhone <laughs> at all, and right. uh, and was seeing that. That's that's incredible, and it's a really good album. And and I I'm just glad you didn't say you know I just went to iTunes and I kept buying it over and over and over <laughs> and and finally you know. <laughs> well, Rick, when you yeah when you buy 375 <laughs> copies of your own album on iTunes, it's bound to happen. <laughs> it's <laughs> it's going straight. I mean, I, I guess I could have done. That it was it would have gone straight to me but uh i'm, I'm gonna remember that for the next time i release an album it's like I, now I sold, you've called me out no, i sold no. a thousand copies <laughs> well yeah. you know 835 of them were to me but <laughs> no Still. that's great man that is really yeah. fantastic that's that's a great way to start and uh, yeah i'm excited about it and very few people do that i mean that's that's an awesome thing to be able to do you can always kind of have that feather in your cap and it goes. It looks great on a bio too, when people it are. Definitely does. That's true. Good. Yeah. You should. You should be my PR person. This is good. <laughs> Let me ask you a question because I remember you. You've said numerous things, and I was privileged to be a part of that Kickstarter program. Got to pre-order yes, the album, you. and and I got to uh, to hear it a little bit in advance. So I've been listening to it for a while now, and I've yeah. been enjoying it. And I remember you saying, I think you said this was maybe the most personal album you feel like you've ever done. And uh, is is that true, or did I did I misread you? No, that's that's absolutely true. Okay, well, uh, well, let me let me ask a question about that then, because sure. there's there's lots of there's lots of interesting stories on this album. And whereas the last album, um, they've all been fantastic. The last one though, I I really felt like a heavy. And we talked about this, like Randy Newman, Sandre Lerche mm -hmm, kind mm -hmm. of influence. And uh, and honestly, I felt the influence of the produ the producer this time. I felt a lot of Andrew Osenga in the way you were writing this time. And and by that, I don't mean that I felt like you were copying him at all. But oh no, I understand. Yeah, just the way that he is such a good storyteller. And, yes. Uh, and I really felt like the stories. I mean, you could just sit and listen to the stories to these songs that were great. So so I want to know from you. Uh, how much of this, since it's so personal, I mean, how much of this is autobiographical and how much of it is like characters that you've created for the songs? And just talk a little bit about that. Well, the last go around with Hello Stranger, there were the majority of the songs were characters. And I really wanted to write in a character's voice. And like like Randy Newman or uh, these guys that have been folds, these guys that I have looked up to for years. And this go around, I, I thought since I'm literally calling it 
the reintroduction of Nick Floor, I should speak a little bit to, you know, own up to a lot of my experiences and things that I've learned and, and experiences that I've heard from other people. And there is literally no, there's nothing on this album that is uh, fabricated in any way. Uh, any of the stories, all the stories are true and real and, and uh, they're in my family, if not by from my own my own experience so um so somebody in your family lost a million dollars in reno absolutely it's actually the same guy uh that i have a great uncle who i just sort of had this these this moment with my with my grandmother who's my only living grand relative and we we sat down uh last summer and she just sort of is getting to this point where she's like basically unearthing all of these all these stories from my family that I maybe didn't know, and just all of us in general, just the whole family. She's sort of like, "Did you ever hear that my brother this and this? And did you ever hear that we, you know, when we were kids, we did this? Did you ever know this? You know, because a lot of the older generations they don't really speak. They growing up, especially, they didn't. It wasn't proper to speak about yourself or talk about yourself or sure. you know. And but now it's sort of getting to the point where she's she's remembering all these things and she you know she wants to sort of pass on these stories and and uh of course once you for me anyway once you start telling me one story i'm gonna ask more questions i just want to know more so she told me this story these stories about her her little brother who's my great uncle um and part there's a part one two and three on the album that are these little short vignettes songs and those three are are about sort of the demise of his of three of his marriages that he had wow and they're all absolutely true. And, um, you know, one was just sort of a sweet, like sweet uh, or bittersweet sort of. He had had to get married out of high school because uh, he got his girlfriend pregnant and was sort of forced into this thing that was bigger than him and, and what he was mature enough to handle. And had and, you know, they had a kid together and he had but he couldn't he felt like he couldn't handle the the, the gravity of the situation and, and and left. And it's sort of this, it's sad, this sad kind of poignant story and then part two is he literally like you know he married this woman who was <laughs> who who worked at a prison and she fell in love with this inmate at the prison while they were married and uh they had basically plotted to kill my uncle and take his his insurance money and run off together and wow. they sort of foiled the plan and and he he lived to tell the story but um and and this and i mean yeah more of these stories are 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 told in in more uh i'm just kind of giving the brief version now but the, if you listen to the song, it makes a little bit more sense. Then the third one, yes, he did actually go. He he had he had a hundred thousand dollars that he took to from a business that he had sold, and he, he took uh, to Reno with a buddy of his, unbeknownst to his wife at the time, and uh, and went and made a million dollars in the course of a week, and <laughs> lost it and lost it all in the course of uh, a eight hour time period. Uh, <laughs> so, and then he lost his wife in the process too. Like he came home and she was gone. So. Uh, He's sort of this, and then also there's a song on the on the album called "Lost at Sea" that that is about him as well, um, about, about him being in, in on the submarine in World War II and 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 sort of gets separated from the crew uh, because of his own idiocy because because he, frankly he was he was drunk and wandered off alone uh, in a foreign country when they were on leave. And he sort of you know came and he came to and the and the sub was gone and. Uh, and he was left there all alone and turns out the sub was actually never heard from again, actually disappeared uh, in the ocean. And so there's all these crazy stories. That, you know, I know it's a lot. It's a lot in a short period of time, but I'm trying to. Try. No, no, it's... it's so it's so crazy. And and I hear these stories and I, I love storytelling, songwriting, songwriting. And I'm just like, how do I not write these into stor- uh, songs? Like, I feel like they're so, you know, I, I 
that was a year ago, and I couldn't stop thinking about him. And I actually told Andy Osenga while we were recording, I was kind of telling him these stories, and he was like, you have to write these into songs. And so yeah. that's that's sort of where that came from. I I didn't plan on writing these stories, these sto- these songs about my, my family, but um, just his reaction alone made me think, like, maybe there was something to it. And also, like, the, these are lessons from a guy who has been knocked down so many times and and been confronted with failures so many times, a lot of them under, you know, because of his own – uh, his own flaws and he didn't ever let it get him down. Like he, he kept getting back up and kept pursuing life full on. And I feel like that's a, that's such a huge, of course, you know, there is common sense that you have to factor into the equation that he didn't quite factor in until later in life. But I feel like just the spirit of not letting your failures get you down is a huge lesson for me and, and something that I have a problem with. And so I sort of coupling those stories with the rest of the songs, which sort of deal with a lot of my own, uh, insecurities and a lot of my own, I don't know, just going back and forth and trying to figure out who you are as a person now, you know, like I knew who I was as a teenager. I knew who I was in, you know, my twenties, I'm entering my thirties now. And I'm just like, you know, who is this guy? Like, what do I think now? Like, what do I think? Am I still holding on to maybe these flawed beliefs or whatever, you know, these things, the way I see the world, am I still seeing it through a 19 year old lens instead of a 31 year old lens, which I feel like is very different. And, uh, and, and, very 19 year old lens viewpoint of the world can be also very closed off because you have a very limited experience in that time. And since then, I, you know, I've made so many friends, I've lost people. I've, you know, I've gone through a lot of things and, uh, you know, realizing who I am now and sort of coming, coming into my own and sort of writing from that experience. And, uh, and also just saying, you know, it's okay to not everything, everything figured out because, you know, that's sort of the beauty of life and uh, sort of all of those wrapped in together. That's, that's sort of what, I mean, it's that's why I say it's an extremely personal record because it it really is coming from, you know, there there's very, there is some gravitas in it, but not nearly as much as I normally do. And I really was like, you know what, this time I'm gonna put I'm gonna put the hyperbole down, and I'm gonna, you know, although you know, with Hard Man to Love is a little bit hyper hyperbolic, but uh, sure. I want I I really did want to just be like, here's my heart, and here I have this, and also exercise this songwriting muscle as well. Like I'm I'm gonna try to say things. Uh, as as bluntly and as true and honest as possible. Um, so that I mean, it's sort of it was definitely an ex- experiment, and I feel I'm very happy with the, with the end product. And and but uh, I mean, you, you mentioned Andy Osenga, and he's sort of the he's such is so good at that, and and he absolutely was an influence. Um, mainly because in between the the making of the last album, Hello Stranger, and this one, he released Leonard the Lonely Astronaut, which we know and uh, which I hope your listeners are aware of. Oh yeah. Because it's uh, and and that that album had a profound impact on me, and I I've loved Andy for years, and we've been friends for years, but just getting to be and you that's where we met on that tour, uh, and and so you and I, Rick, anyway, not me and Andy, yeah. but we we met on that tour, and that and the, and getting to play those songs night after night, like it really helped me, like. I don't know, like that, that that album. I I, I tell anybody if you wanna if you want to know what it is to be a man, like I feel like that's a great album. Like it's a good like man album. <laughs> like it's yeah. such a just learn just the experiences learning and, and once again a lot of the themes that are on this this new album for me, you know, like learning to to come head to head with your your failures and your past and and know that they don't they don't 100 percent make up who you are sure. as a person, you know, and um. And use those as valuable lessons and not let them hold you hold you down. And so, yeah, I mean, that was a huge one. And then a lot of Bruce Springsteen, a lot of Paul Simon, a lot of uh, the Killers, this last Killers album, Brandon Flowers, his songwriting. And uh, there are a lot of people who sort of later in their career sort of came into their own, I guess. And mm-hmm. um, I feel like anyway, I mean, 
a lot of guys like that. But I mean, definitely you you nailed it on the head with that. I mean, that Leonard specifically. That's why I was so excited to make another record with Andy because I was like, you know, he grew so much as a songwriter and a producer and a player during that process. I was like, I I. I'm excited to see what's going to happen this go around with with uh, these batch of songs. Oh so. yeah, that's that's another of my favorites, and uh, it was we actually had Andrew on the show and and uh, talked about Leonard the Lonely Astronaut um, last year, and uh, that that that's such a good album. I mean, it's so so good. You know, yeah, I don't know how you can listen to it and not be influenced in some way uh, musically and and even challenged in your heart. In some I agree. Way. I mean, there's such a uh, there's such a profound uh, sense of loss slash hope on that album. I mean, it's really absolutely a great story. That's why I love. I love about. I could talk about Andy for days, but I love the fact that he's not afraid to walk into the dark and mm. and speak about it. And I feel yeah. like a lot of people in the and I, I don't. I wouldn't even categorize Andy as a quote unquote Christian artist. Um, sort of shy away from that phrase altogether. But he definitely like isn't afraid. A lot of Christian artists or whatever are scared to speak about like walk in the darkness and say what you, and speak about what you see because it's not always pretty and uh there, there always isn't you know a clear answer of or what it all means sure. um especially right away and i feel like that's a huge problem you know in our in our faith is impatience and uh he's so he's such a good he's such a good um example of of going in as an artist and kind of viewing the whatever's around you even if it's a dark place and singing about it in a very honest way and he, he also you know that but you can't have darkness without light and he sings yeah. about that you know Definitely. just as well and just as profoundly and so yeah i i'm such a fan of that guy and leonard specifically does that so beautifully and i feel, I, I think it's a shame that it's not the the best you know the the most like best-selling album of I, all time i know i you know? know same but here. I, I, I think, think it's... I, it has its place though yeah, and I think it's going to be one of those that as people discover it over the years more and more, it's going to be more and more. Uh, oh, absolutely. So, you know, it's sometimes albums are, are like that. They're, they're almost like uh, an undersold movie, you know, that yes. ends up being like this classic that you go back to and you're like, wow, how did everybody miss this, you know? And, yeah. Um, and and not that everybody missed it. I mean, it got some really good reviews, but uh, and it will. Yeah. It's one. It is one of those. It's so personal and so deep. And not to just talk about Leonard forever, but that <laughs> like, you sort of want to hand to your friend and sort of be like, like a, you would a good book, and be like, yeah. listen, like I really think feel like, you know, you can get something out of this and unpack it and really, you know. So I I feel it's not just a sort of a, you know, pop candy album that you can just toss around to your friends or whatever. I feel like it it has to be handed with like. Yeah with uh you know gravity with an actual like listen like this is this is important and i think you're gonna dig it yeah, so really i think i think i think over time you know at, at the end of the day it's gonna it'll it'll be seen as one of those uh albums for sure well you know let's steer back from from your producer andy back to you again and <laughs> oh yeah let's talk about could, me we could talk about him all day too. i know i know we're <laughs> such big fans of him it's true yeah um i let me tell you one it's it's probably my very favorite and and i i say on your album uh my favorite but it kind of changes week to week I, for a while there it was uh hometown kids with lost at sea it seemed like i was just listening to those two over and over again um but 
as I really have like dove into the lyrics, I felt like Nobody Gets Out Clean was a song that I could have written about me, you know? Oh, wow, yeah. <laughs> because I felt like uh, certainly this one has to be about you, I would think. I mean, yeah, it absolutely, because yeah, absolutely. as I'm listening to it and, I, and knowing a little bit of your background and some of it's similar to mine, I thought, oh, wow, this just this feels exactly like where I came from. Talk to us a little bit about that song because that's a really good one. Oh, thanks. Yeah, that, that was the hardest one. It was the last song that I finished for the album, and it's one of the first ones I started because oh. um, I, I didn't know how I wanted to present this idea. And I had this idea for a long time just through conversations with friends and stuff that we're sort of like playing the the um, the comparison game back and forth between our upbringings. And, uh-huh. and I was I was raised with, you know, very supportive and loving and amazing parents that all my friends wanted to to be their parents too. And, you know, you never see what you, what you have sort of when you're in it, but, um, you know, but, and, and, but it's so weird. Like it's speaking with other friends who, who maybe didn't have sort of, you know, parents who were, who were absent or maybe just didn't really, um, give them all uh, everything that they needed, whether it was financially or, or the way that they were loved or the way that they were shown love, I guess. And, um, it was, you know, whether they were forced to grow up at an early age because of a broken home or because of a, you know, absentee parents or whatever, whatever it is, um, I was talking to a friend of mine specifically who who had that situation where he was sort of forced to r- grow up early and you know and I was so like envious of him because I was like you figured out all this adult stuff early mm-hmm. and I I feel like I was not necessarily I wasn't spoiled in the way like my parents were very good at at, at um sort of tampering up the spoil spoiled aspect of it but I was definitely always shown love and appreciation and time and all this all these things that you, you're not allowed to complain about yeah um but more more or less we were sort of going back and forth and he was like you know I would love to have had that instead of what I have and mm-hmm. sort of that and we both kind of had this realization that you know this kind of perfect ideal upbringing or perfect ideal parents or perfect ideal anything like isn't isn't actual that's not a real thing uh you know and if if that's not real if all of us no matter our upbringing because we are broken people if all of us have things we struggle with no matter what we go through um just because life is a struggle sometimes and and everything has its own um ups and downs then what are we complaining about what are you know so many times we we let our upbringing hold us back or we let the ways that uh we see the world hold us back or you know we we blame things on our parents or our our church or our school or whatever it is like oh if it wasn't for this i would be this and this Mm -hmm. but really no matter where we go in life it's like a choose your own adventure book like you're gonna (laughs) no matter where you go you're gonna end up with something that you're gonna have to overcome and and something that you're gonna have to deal with and uh there's no perfect road because we are broken people who are and our parents are broken people and their parents are broken people so we're all just sort of dealing with life together and so sort of like let let people off the hook and also just sort of move on and and i feel like i I, in the second verse i kind of mentioned my brother and uh he he went through this huge rebellion phase growing up and he had the same upbringing that i did i mean we were in the same house so um and he's still sort of in that fight like he just doesn't under he thinks that if if he had a completely different life his life would be better and Hmm. blaming other people for things and and we talk about this all the time and, and go back and forth and it just isn't that's just no way to live at some point you have to um, kind of realize that we're all we're all in this together and we all have our our, our battles and it's, it's sort of like man I literally had the thought nobody gets out clean like we're yeah. all we're all we're all fighting and struggling but the beauty in that is 
because we're all we all feel like we're falling apart in a lot of ways that's what unites us and that's what brings us together sure. and uh and as a community if if we enter into community with each other as we're called to do i feel like it's such it, that's that's the closest to sort of a perfect ideal family situation as as uh as you can get and so that definitely was a it's a hard road to go down because in a way I didn't want to feel like I was throwing my my upbringing or my family or anybody under the bus. Right. But I, if anything, I, I I want everybody to feel. I want it to feel like, you know, we are united through our struggle. You know. Yeah. Oh yeah, definitely. And I I think you hit it right on the head when you. Now that I'm you know thinking about myself as a parent and there not being any perfect parents, well. I just want to interject, except for me, of course, but you know, <laughs> no, no I'm kidding. I, I feel like the furthest thing from that, um, I, I feel like I'm learning so much. But, um, you know, one thing that that I just felt like, you know, it so resonated with me in that song in particular, when you talk about being the good son who's still scared to make mistakes. And, yeah. um, and I, I don't know why that is. It's not like I had this uh, – I actually had a very similar upbringing you know, with, with parents who, who deeply loved me uh, very much. But for some reason, I know this isn't like my view of God, uh, and, and you would think I would have had some kind of a terrible background, but I do always have this fear – of like making a mistake, you know, yes. and 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 it's like at times, unless I just push through it, it can be paralyzing because it can keep me from trying new things and keep me from yes. doing things that I know I need to be doing, uh, even creatively. And and uh, you know, it's almost like if I write this lyric, people are going to be mad at me or something, you know. And I don't, oh, yeah, I don't want absolutely. that. I want to be liked. And so I wrestle, I wrestle with that still. It's, it's. I feel like I probably always will. But there, yeah, I always feel like I think a lot of the the pressure put on me to be the quote unquote good son and not mess up, I was put on myself because I did see my brother kind of be go down this rebellious road and at an early age, and he and and I saw. You know, he would run off and be destructive and and disrespectful and and hurtful to my parents, and I saw them pick up the pieces and I saw them, you know, get hurt. I was there, you know, and so I, I sort of put this pressure on myself to never, uh, you know, as a, as a kid, like I can't make a mistake because this is what mistakes do to people you love, and which isn't that's not the right word. Like, you know, the, <laughs> mistake isn't the word because we all make mistakes, but being scared of them. Um, you know, it's unhealthy because yeah. it's inevitable. But but, and, and I've got to the point now where when I do make a mistake or I sort of feel like I've failed in an area, I don't let it hold me down as much. There is still a little bit of, the, I feel like the, the the period where I'm hard on myself is is shorter and shorter. And I'm like, you know what? We, you know, we have to get up and keep going, and we can't let these things be crutches anymore. And we can't yeah. we can't blame these you know we can't blame these things anymore. But, you know, there's a period you go through where you do, but I feel like you. You have to come out of it, um, yeah. or if you're gonna if you're gonna live life, or you're gonna survive at all. Definitely. Well, it's it's a good album, my friend. And the only other comment I guess I can think I want to make on it is uh, I like all the oohs and o's on this album. I don't know if that <laughs> makes sense, but there's a lot I, of that. Yeah. Ooh, ooh, you know, which sounded terrible at this time of morning. You know. Oh no, that's actually pretty good. And uh, you have that you have that big oh, you know, it reminds me yeah. of an old Stephen Curtis Chapman song or something. You know, when, <laughs> when it comes in, which well, I thought I maybe you might be going for a little bit with the O's at the beginning, but I wasn't sure. But, I don't. That was. Uh, I'm I'm a big fan of anything, especially music that if you're just hearing it for the first time, but you can go away singing something if you even if you don't know the lyrics. I right. love I love good oohs and O's. You know, who doesn't? 
Exactly. So, the, and there's a lot of them on this album, but uh, I have to give all of my listeners um, my highest recommendation. Um, I, I literally last week was traveling around West Virginia uh, at this camp I was doing, traveling house to house where teens are working on uh, on projects and repairing homes, and then the evening we come back together and I would lead music for worship services, and it was a great week. But I ended up putting over 800 miles on my car last oh, week. Oh wow! And um, just doing that, I listened to this album again and again and again, and uh, and so I recommend it not only that that listeners you buy this album, but give it the full experience. Uh, I said the same thing about Leonard the Lonely Astronaut by Andrew Osenge. You you want to start it at the beginning and don't stop till it's done. And yeah, and, and if possible. You know, I know it's hard to find time sometimes, but get away by yourself and uh, and listen to the reintroduction of Nick Flora. Maybe just take an hour long car ride and just go and listen. Drive through the countryside, listen to the stories, and let it speak to you. Um, but I strongly recommend you go to Amazon, iTunes, Nick Flora's house, wherever you go to pick up music. Um, you know, or Nick Flora, or or Nick Flora's show. That might be a little bit easier. Which which a lot of times is actually in a house. I play a lot of house shows. So wait, wait. Uh, I may have misspoken. I guess Nick Flora doesn't want you to show up at his house. So yeah, uh, yeah. Let's let's uh, let's re redirect that comment. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, seriously though, but go to his website and uh, you ha I assume I haven't been to your website in a while. Are there tour dates up on your site that people Um actually currently, I think by the time this goes out, yeah, there there should be a, a new site is in the works, but right now it's just it's still the the remake EPs that are free if people want to grab those. Great, great. Yeah, go get those too if you are, are new to Nick Flora's music. He has some some free EPs of songs that he has remade and they're awesome. And Yeah, those are good those are good introductions and this is will be the reintroduction. That's you right. See what, That's see what right. I did there? <laughs> I did see what you did there. And I'm so glad that I, I didn't misspeak like I did on Facebook when I first got it, and I called it the reinvention of Nick Flora. <laughs> Either way, it's good. It works it was, <laughs> I was like, I'm such a dope. Why did I... <laughs> <laughs> it's very similar it's okay it's very similar oh man uh well hey nick the album is great i'm so glad that you got to come on and talk about it today i wish you all the yeah, best thanks, Rick. Uh, i'm thanks. hoping that i'm hoping you'll be in ohio one of these days i can come and watch you or maybe yeah, I'll I, the... I plan on doing it this fall i plan on coming up there so we'll definitely we'll have to bro down yeah and that's hang out that's fantastic well thank you for being the voice in my head this week absolutely thanks rick Nobody 
been listening to voices in my head the official podcast of rick lee james if you'd like to know more about me my ministry my music my life go to my website at rickleejames.com and i'd love this to be a community experience so if you call 937-505-0162 you can leave feedback you can give me suggestions for future shows you can even record comments that i can play on the next podcast so let's make this something really great together 937-505-0162 thank you so much for listening to voices in my head the official rick lee james podcast god bless